Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about winter spreading manure. Got to get the poop out. In our spotlight, we're going to look at some new wireworm technology for insecticide mode of action. Egg History Minute, we'll talk about some past presidents who have been farmers or ranchers. Cool beans, that's corny. We'll have current events and we'll wrap it all up with our egg idiom of the week. With me today are Bill Schombert. Hey guys. Max Garvey. What's up everybody? Todd Schombert. Hey to all the Tilties out there. And I'm Matt Bruker, all with Tilth Agronomy. Here goes. So much hype. So much hype. Aaron Rodgers' first NFC championship in Lambeau. Yep. It's true. We got one. We're going to get this one, boys. You feeling good, Max? What do you I'm think? I'm feeling so good. Team of Destiny. Yeah? Team of Destiny. Why is that? We've lost too many legends this year for us to lose the Super Bowl. It's just, we got it. It's ours now. Did you see yeah, this? They're bringing Tremont back for this one. And we're bringing Tremont. And I've heard rumors Whitewater Jesus oh, might really? make an appearance. Oh. Little Whitewater Jesus action. Wow. What, where is Kumaro now? Nowhere. I thought he was on the Bills. Selling they tires or something, yeah. probably. Yeah, oh, they, no, that's Jeff Janis. They dropped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's been cut I, for a while. Yeah. No, I mean, when you look back, you look back on the year, we've lost uh, Herb Adderley, Paul Horning, Kevin Green, and this week we Most lost recently, uh, yeah. Ted Thompson. So I feel like uh, it, when you look at it, this is still like, Lafleur and Gudekunst have done a lot, but this is still kind of Ted's were, team. I mean, it's the guys on the radio yesterday were going through. I mean, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari Lindsley, Rogers, yeah. uh, Adams. Adams, Adams, Kenny yeah. Clark. Yep, like those are all his guys. So, yep. I mean, he he put the foundation for a pretty good team. Yeah, he had some really good top picks and some really bad picks too but you're right think of how many of our still around and his yep. first pick ever was Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. Ever. which I we mean, almost that's... which we wanted to burn him at the stake <laughs> right. for him, so right. but, well just think two years ago of everybody's like oh yeah get Teddy out of there he's he's no good anymore and then we get rid of our coach and we're good all of a sudden yeah maybe Teddy wasn't so bad yeah comp- compounding problems there I would think but you know, anyway, so... It says, it says Kumaro, and these are one month ago released from the Bills, and then two days ago and three days ago that they're thinking that the Bills are going to sign to practice sign squad. Back. So be interesting where he ends up. Hmm. Interesting. I'm just glad Tremont's back. I'd like to see Tremont get a, get this Super Bowl ring. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah. Well, he has one. He has one, but I'd yeah. like to see him get another one because... He, so was, he was on the 2010. Yeah, he, was, he yeah. was there for some lean years at the Packers, mm-hmm. too, and he, oh, yeah. he just oh. played. Lean, though, is <laughs> we also have been really, really good. Yeah. For yeah. Our, our, our lean our, compared to other people's lean Our is football lifetime. But think of this. Our football lifetime, we've been awesome, but it's been three Super Bowl appearances and two wins. Two wins, yep. So it would be pretty cool to at least make it to another Super Bowl. And Max wasn't yeah. really around for... Would you say the much fire of one? Do you remember? Early, much? I was no. born in '96. So. Oh yeah. See, we're, yeah, we were in our prime, like middle school, nope. early well, high the, school. Well, the last, the last one I was in eighth grade, 2010. Yeah, I was in that's eighth your grade. prime then. And that yeah, was a, that's... 
That was a pretty wild. That so was lean fun. years for you, Max, are like nothing compared oh, to like I, what Bill had to endure in his early the Magic Man, <laughs> the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember and four and twelve with Favre the one year. Yeah, that was tough. I yeah. remember that, and then I remember well the last, not last year, but the two years before that were pretty, pretty rough with uh, Rogers even. Yeah, we had some tough years, but not, but overall still way better than than many other teams. We haven't say. been, yeah, like the Browns or the Lions or... Shout out to the Lions. Yeah. Our number one Lions fan listening today. Yeah. Shout out to him. <laughs> Sorry. He's got Sorry, a new JW. coach. He's got a new coach. Who's yep. their new coach? The interim coach, isn't it? Oh, no, nice. they hired um, Dan Campbell, I think his name is. Oh, yeah, the polar stance guy. Yeah. The guy who does his, uh, he does his interviews in like a polar stance. And He's yesterday his... He won his press conference. He like <laughs> said they're gonna just kick the crap out of everybody and bite, bite their kneecaps. <laughs> but uh, oh, they're bringing back the Dominican Sioux. Yes, yeah. No, well, that's, we, he that's comes Sunday. Back. Yeah, we, get, we get to see him. Yeah, yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. All right. So I just had this argument this week with somebody. Okay, I was talking about how like when you look at the Tampa Bay roster, they got a lot of guys that are Southern California, Florida, and now playing on a Florida team coming up and playing in. And the cold is going to be tough. And it, someone said, well, Ndamukong Sue played for Detroit. And I said, yep, but Detroit, a that's a dome. And then well, they're like, well, he played in the NFC North. Well, he had a dome and the Vikings had a dome. Playing the NFC North, if you're not an outside team, you don't play outside all that much. No. Yeah. So, yeah, Brady's got some cold weather experience. In, but even he in said this England, year. But it, it, you live there. Well, it usually you. as you get older, the cold bothers yeah. you more. So, but he, And even he said this year, he's like, I do not like playing in cold weather. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So I'm not saying Brady's going to come out and be horrible because we all, know, we all know that's probably not going to happen. No. But would it make me sad? Absolutely not. <laughs> if they See, my keys of the game is... Easy. Oh, here we go. Bill's Here's keys my to the keys game. To the game. Da-na-na, da-na-na. You get pressure on Brady, and you block their linebackers. Devin White. And, yeah, you got to uh, make it second level. Levante David. We block those two guys. We're going to run the ball down their throats because they had a field day when we were down there and, last well, And that's what we got to do. We got to run down their run. throats, not yeah. lateral runs. Yes. We have to be downhill, and we have to be – Lindsley has to be getting second level. Yep. Is A.J. Those. Dillon active or not? Yes. Sounds like he's fine. That but, but his fumbling last week, yeah. they're going to be like – I wonder if they're going to be like oh, – Think of that fumble. How lucky was it? Oh, bounced right into Rodgers' hands. Like, right. How often does that happen? And, and for Rodgers to be forward-thinking enough to pick it up and advance it, not yeah. just fall just, on just, it. All that we can really hope for is we have some participate – precipitation and jamal williams can feel like a mermaid again because <laughs> when he's feeling like a mermaid we're These in victories yeah, right now the weather for that day 29 degree high 50 percent chance of snow in the morning so. oh they upped it then it yeah was, they did it was colder before. yeah and i think this is just if it was today or yesterday yeah that's it's cold it's cold it's today cold. yeah windy 16 by yes, high. yesterday was the warmest day of the week and every time I went outside, I went, ooh, this yeah. is gross. Yeah. It's cold. That wind yesterday was whipping pretty good. Yeah, it was down south where they actually still have snow. Yeah, and, snow. Uh, what is... It was blowing across the road. What is snow? <laughs> we talked about yeah, it we, last We've week. been talking about it like it should come. Where's our snow blanket? Where's our... Yeah, uh, it goes away. Our snow for nitrogen. Yeah, I, I really noticed it this morning on the drive-in. I was like, man, these fields are really... Brown. I, like, we had decent snow on, like, Monday, and now we're just... Eh, Sunday. We, we lost we it lost over the weekend. Yeah. 
Although, guys, I'm normally like nervous about Packer games, and I'm actually feeling good. Yeah, that's I scary, have, though. Then. I know. That's, that's what you're going to get let down. I know. <laughs> I'm thinking I might have to take a quick jaunt across the border into the UP, place my bet, you know, now that they have sports gambling in, the, in Michigan, and then just come back because I'm feeling so confident. Well, we've got two potential revenge games this weekend because the Chiefs blew out the Bills. Yeah, we got blown out by the Buccaneers after going 10-0 to start. So it's potential for some good action. I think I'm actually taking the Bills in that one, honestly. Well, I'm putting money on the game. Is I'm taking Pat the Mahomes is, uh, is, is injured think, at best. I you mean, think they're going to let the AFC oh, Championship right. game be played without him? As soon as – it was amazing how quick the narrative changed from concussion to he was choked narrative. out. Narrative. Yeah. Uh, he was choked nerve. out. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Hmm. He he got did up did you he, watch it? Yeah, he yeah, got he, up and he, he was just very looked, obviously concussed. Got up and, and he like almost went back down yeah. in a heap of bricks. I mean, he Ma- looked like the Max guy on the a side concussion, of... As a concussion expert. Concussion right? survivor? Yeah, that's had seven <laughs> of these. How many does that make for you, Max? Have, have you ever looked like Oh, Baker's dozen? <laughs> yeah, he had, the old, he had the old jelly leg going. That's usually not a great sign. Um, did you ever get the jelly leg Yeah, concussed? I got hit. I got hit in the chin once playing football. I had being an idiot i had my head up and i wasn't paying attention you were looking at your target well we were the play had gone past we had scored a long touchdown and i was just kind of running up to the you know to catch up and uh, we were winning by a somebody lot. laid you out we were yeah we were winning by a lot and somebody wasn't having a real great time <laughs> and he just kind of put his helmet underneath my chin but Ooh. that was exactly i had the the jelly legs. I mean, he hit me hard enough that my chin split. So, yeah. I mean, he hit me pretty hard, and I had the jelly legs going. I had a hard time making her back to the sideline. But, yeah, that's pretty much what I looked like. And it took me it took me a, a good week before I really felt really good. And I didn't play. That was the last game of the year, so I don't know how long it would have been before I played. But he's got way better doctors than I probably had. So, but he went to the doctor. That's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. He went to the doctor in the blue tent. Yep. Yeah. They went to the ice shack and looked at things. The magical healing blue tent. They said he missed what one of the questions in the blue tent. Did he? Yeah. That's what made him. That's why he couldn't go back out. Sure. Which, if you've ever had one of those tests, they're really. Oh, I'm sure it's they're, what's, they're, you know like what's your name? I failed one. I failed one one time during a wrestling tournament, and you know we get we get to the gym at six thirty seven o'clock for weigh ins. And then you weigh in, you sit around for a while, you start wrestling, you wrestle a couple matches, and I, they're giving you the test, and they're like, what time is it? Well, I don't know. Right. I've been here since is, seven, uh, right. 6.30. Could be I, 9, it could, could be 2. I have no clue. You can't see outside. You know, those some of these old gyms have no windows. Yep. And I guess that I was off by like an hour, and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, or do the months backwards, and I flipped oh. March and April around, because when I said them backwards, I said... March, 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 April. I said April, then March. Well, backwards, it would be April. Backwards would be April, March. Oh, then I said the other way. I knew it was March and April. (laughs) I slipped on the ice. No. Hit his head. No, so those questions, I say you got one question wrong, it's kind of like, well. But with Mahomes, though, everybody saw him on TV try to stand up, and then his teammates catch him. So to me, you can't send him back out. I think that would have been a bad look. Even if he was like perfect, yeah, I will say when you watch the hit back, it doesn't. I can't quite figure. He doesn't out. get hit in the head really, but they say they kind of drive his forehead into the ground. Though uh, to me, it doesn't. It, to me, it didn't look like he hit that hard. 
But at the same time, when somebody stands up like that... Although you watch back Dale Earnhardt's crash, you know, 15, yeah. 20 years ago, it does not look like... Like, just like, you know, but he's going at 250 miles an hour and hits the... Think of all of Brett Favre's concussions that he came back oh, yeah. and played. Like, he just run back yeah, he threw, a threw another touchdown. I, it was sorry, like what? he was better concussed. I remember, yeah, kind of. I remember them saying... <laughs> You see Favre shake the cobwebs before yeah. the play here. And, you, and I think about that now. Can you imagine yeah. if you were watching a quarterback grab his head and shake it because his brain is vibrating? <laughs> there's, <And> there's two <laughs> goalposts, guys. Hang on. Yeah. All right, there we go. Considering now they have an official that just looks for that and says, right. get off the field yep. if you aren't right. Even when I was in, when I was in high school playing football, it got, um, they got a lot more serious about concussions. Like I remember they, they used to yell from the sidelines, like, like – you know, if a player from the opposing team got hit on our sidelines, even our coaches were like, check him before, do not let him go back in the game because he got Laced. he got hit out. hard. Like, don't, you know, because it's, when it's all the way across the field, it's hard for that other team to be watching. So it's like, hey, make sure you check him, Get make sure he gets checked out because he got hit really hard. So Whew. it's different. It's different, that's for sure. All right, let's talk some poop. <laughs> <laughs> you talking poop? Got to get it out. What you got for us today, Bill? Well, I was thinking the last two weeks we talked about snow and just the benefits of having snow, and I thought maybe we could talk about what happens when we got to spread manure, and that snow could be a potential problem for us, actually, in different rules and regulations that farmers should follow. It's it's not just as simple as load up the spreader and go, or at least it shouldn't, right? We should be following some setbacks and some rules to make sure that we don't have negative impacts to the environment because we all know that at some point that snow melts, right? Yep. So we want to make sure that anything we put out there stays where it is and we follow certain rules. And so we just kind of wanted to go through that a little bit and hopefully the guys can chime in here and give their experiences and their thoughts. I know, Todd, you've been on several committees to... You'd think writing these rules would be intuitive and easy and it's not at all because you come up with you know, what about this scenario? And, you know, you think about that farmer that's got no cab that's hauling with a box spreader out in the field and just trying to do what's easy right behind the barn because it's cold out. And then you go to the, you know, a different farm where they've got three spreaders going and how do you make rules for all those? So that is one tricky part is you'd think the rulemaking part of this would be common sense and easy. And I, I would say it's fairly common sense, some of it, but it's not easy because you just try to make it um, what's right for the environment and what what can what farmers can actually achieve out there. And the rules are set for the whole state, right? So you got the southern part of the state, the geography, the the soil types are way different than maybe the central part or the eastern part or the northern part. You know, just we're so diverse in this state on topography and soil type and those kind of conditions. Yeah, think of topography in winter is a huge thing because you're you're laying some material on that ground and then if it's flat it'll tend to stay there but if there's any slope to it it's got more propensity to run obviously and move so that was a huge one of you know like the southwest part of wisconsin where you got just these huge rolling hills and um, and there's other places in wisconsin with that topography but that area how do you make rules for there where it's not basically you can't spread anywhere versus you know, other parts of the state where we're very flat in clay soils, you know, how do we make it so both could have a pen- potential to spread somewhere, uh, but not everywhere. There was one farm on the 
a farmer on the 590 from that southwest part of Wisconsin. He's like, all the at that time, the current rules, he couldn't spread at all, basically anywhere. Most of his farm was was exempt from winter spreading because of how much topography he had. Sure. So, Todd, when you were on that committee to rewrite that standard, was there any talk of just a statewide prohibition? No. Frozen or snow covered? No. There, um, February and March, we talked about it. Um, some co- counties have a February and March prohibition. Um, but in general, there was a lot of talk and look of um, when there is no snow um, and you apply and it's were, you know, say it's pre-tillage, um, that, that all those things can lead to still good applications and, and sort of acceptable applications. Um, so there was talk of it and we talked through you know, the benefits and the downsides of that. Um, but the main ones to watch are the the February and March applications, you know, tend to be, this February might be different. But well, um, January was different this year. Yeah, so. <laughs> but March in general seems to be the one, and then early May, early April can be that way as well. So um, that's that's kind of where the discussions went of more, how can we still give the far, uh, farmers options if they need to haul how can we st- and think of today? Farmers have a lot of storage. Yeah, I mean mis- manure storage now versus twenty years ago. Um, you know, I would say we've got way more storage. So that way, I think is a good thing. There still are, yeah, those daily haul guys. There is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of broke it out too into. I don't want to say big farm, small farm, but just the rules that would apply to a normal five ninety plan that we would write. And in general, those are usually the smaller farms. And then also a set of rules that apply to larger farms that are regulated by the DNR that fall under the NR 243 statutes. Those kind of get a little harder to follow, in my opinion. It just, there's more ifs, ands, or buts, I feel. Well, as a 243, they basically don't want you to. Right. It's not a, it's not a full, like, you can't haul, but they don't want you to in winter. So. And if you do... Yeah, you know, and then liquid have. versus solid manure is a yeah, very yeah. big difference there. Yeah. Is. And I kind of focused today on liquid just because it's more the potential problem for offsite movement. So, and that's where we that's where we hear the complaints, I guess, too more so than solid. Yeah. And I think we've all been in that scenario where we get a call from a farm that says, "Yeah, I spread and got thirty five degrees today. I spread yesterday and it got thirty five today, and now." We got a little bit of a movement, you know, issue. So, yeah, just like yesterday. Yesterday it was thirty-five, thirty-six, and stuff was melting. Yep. I would call it, I would call yesterday the the perfect storm for uh for an offsite movement because it was cold most of the week, and even yesterday it felt relatively cold, but it was it, snow was melting. So you, it was one of those days where you maybe didn't think about it as much either. So, like you say, the perfect storm for a for a bad bad scenario. And I've just, we'll jump into it now, but I put together kind of some highlights of things to consider when you make that application. And again, we're not advocating that you shouldn't. We're just saying that when you do, or if you have to, then follow these, follow these rules and just be cognizant of, of things that could be a potential problem. So the first one, uh, do not apply nutrients within a SWCMA. And everyone asks, what is a SWCMA? Surface Water Quality Management Area. We're dealing with government, so there's always acronyms, <laughs> right? Um, well, you ask, what is a SWCMA? We've said what it is. But basically, you have a 1,000 foot from a, like a pond or a lake or 300 foot from a navigable stream. So basically, 
it's a setback to say, here's surface water. We want to give enough buffer that if there is potential movement that it's not going to get to that area. It's a big distance, so it does cut out a lot of spreadable acres in fields when these guys sitting around me and myself make restriction maps, which you should all be looking at when you're, make, when you're doing that, and your agronomist should be um, making that complicated map hopefully as easy as possible for you to understand. But it does cut out acres to spread, but there's a reason. Yep. Well, yeah, you don't, I mean, the last place you want to be when manure is moving is right next to a water body. <laughs> that's, yes. That's kind of a no-brainer there. I wish I, you guys could have seen inside my brain the first, like, month I worked here. Like, when as an intern, you know, after my freshman year of college, trying to figure out what the heck SWICMA meant. <laughs> Every time I would hear uh, Jeff say SWICMA, Swic, I was like, what is he talking, talking about? about? What He keeps using this word, and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> It took me a month, and then finally I couldn't take it anymore. I had tried to come up with the with the acronym on my own. Finally, I just had to ask, Jeff, what is a SWICMA? I bet you weren't even close. No. Your guesses. No, not really. Not really at all. Not really. I, 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 I started to figure that the W kind of meant water, because every time he talked about a SWICMA in a field, I had just walked it, and there was standing water. <laughs> so I started to put that together a little bit, but not. I didn't have it entirely together. Probably couldn't spell it either. No, I, here I, it is confusing. I it's, thought it was like S W I C K M A. There's no Q. Yeah, yeah. Nope, it, it's a Q. Here we go. I got one. Should we quantify Max's advice? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. The answer is no. no. Don't no. quantify it. It's all good. Boom. If you do, do it within 1,000 feet. Yes. <laughs> or 300 feet of a street. Yeah. So, well, anyway, moving on. Um, the other one you should think about in the rule here is, is we don't want to exceed the P removal of the following crops, the growing season, the crop in, that you're going to plant. So if that's um, 20 units, well, then not, then we can't exceed 20 units because we're not taking that away. Basically, we want to be net neutral there. What we put on is going to get taken off right away. Um, the other caveat there is they do limit it to 7,000 per acre. So not to exceed 60, but also 7,000. So it's like it's not one or the other. It's the most limiting one. You don't, so we got to kind of watch that 7,000 or uh, not to exceed 60, depending on the, th the strength or the potency of your manure. Um, so if it's not a very potent manure, we kept at 7,000. Um, and again, these are the 590 rules. Once we get into the, the DNR, that kind of ramps up a little bit. So um, do not apply. Next one here, do not apply manure or organic byproducts. That's, I always love that part, organic <laughs> byproducts, um, where fields have concentrated flow channels unless you do something. So here we have, we've, we just talked about surface water, like a navigable stream or a lake. And here's, now we're into the spots where it just could channelize. So the water's not there, but it could be a gully or it could be a spot where it could go to a low spot and then move off the field. So there's like six or eight different things you can choose from. I just kind of highlighted the things that kind of seem to be the easiest or the least restrictive that most farmers could could try to do, and that would be um, you have to do a couple of these, um, leave some crop residue. So it kind of sucks if you're in a silage rotation because you're taking that off, but if you're in a grain, you know, or maybe you have to go on a hay field or something like that with, with some growing residue there, but 
and you know, so if you got no-till and some residue, that's a good thing here. And then um, if we're in the spot where it could flow, this is what we're, we're talking about now is the flow channels. Now we, we should be reducing that from 7,000 to 3,500 3, gallons. So here again, we're cutting, reduce, in half, cutting in half, reducing the rate so that there's a less chance for it to move. So kind of makes it hard when you got an issue in the in the winter and you maybe have a million gallons to to haul yep. that takes a lot of acres at 3500 um but i think in the end um having a problem a week later because you spread 10,000 is probably not worth it either well there's timing aspects of it too depending on how quickly you need to get it out if you can spread some now and wait i think in general it's like 2 weeks and then spread again. Yeah. You know, there's, there are ways to, to get it done. It just, it's going to take longer and mean hauling more frequently, potentially, if, if you're in these situations where you have concentrated flow or a significant amount of slope. Just, just for reference, that comes out to 286 acres that you would need to have available for winter spreading at 3,500. That's a lot of acres. acres. That's a lot of winter yeah. spreading acres. So if your farm is 300 acres, chances are you don't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hard, when you're writing these rules, that was one of the hard ones was, are you better off, you know, spreading it thin across more acres or concentrate, you know, and then you have potential that you're putting it in more areas that it could potentially run. Yep. Or, well, or concentrate. It, there's, there's always the chance that you have run off. A, a lot of the problems show that when you reduce your rates, it, especially in liquid, it's, it's, it's a liquid problem. Not necessarily, um, like we talked about with solid manures, that tends to stay where it is because it doesn't have the water there to make it move. So when you have liquid manure and then you add snow melt on it, it just creates a lot more liquid there and it tends to move. So, yeah, just anything you can do to to kind of spread out that and just lower your rates really does help. And most of the time, if you are in a daily haul situation, you're you're dealing with more of a slurry that's got more solid content than a... Someone who's got more liquidy manure in a, a gutter know, separation manu- gutter manure, like if you yeah. want to call it that, is very different yeah. than a something that's got parlor you know wash water in it and leachate and other stuff. So yes, yes, and, and probably the good news too, Matt, with a daily haul scenario is you don't have enough stored up to cover a whole field most right. of the time, unless you have really small fields. So you are kind of slowly covering that field you're not just dousing it in one one sitting so you've got time for that yeah it get gets back into the timing factor of you know you're not you're not relying on getting it all out at once you've got a couple weeks to to kind of spread it across so the next uh point of interest here would be any if you have slopes greater than six percent that starts to get tricky so you know we're sitting here in north central out of Gamey county the soils are Decently heavy. This, it's pretty flat in this area, so we don't have a lot of problems. Decently heavy is that a? It's that a, a soil, soil texture. Soil, yeah. Yes. If you go, if you go, if you go like about a mile and a half that way, maybe two miles south, it's, it it's becomes it becomes heavy, heavy, not decently yes. heavy. It's just heavy, heavy. It's, that's my. That's my. Is that a loam? Clay a loam. loam. Clay loamy clay. Yes. yes. So. We have relatively flat ground here, so you don't have the issue a lot of times with 6%. But obviously, we've talked about that, and Todd, you in your committee meetings was probably a big topic of of slope, and we talked about that earlier. So if you do have 6%, 
they don't want you to apply unless you can do, unless it's an emergency or we, we have contour strips or we leave residue. This gets know. into that farm down in Southwest Wisconsin that doesn't have any land to haul on at all because it's all, I mean, think of there, you've got, it's really slopey, then it kind of flattens out sort of by the creek bottom. Yeah. And then the creek, well, we right. just said the creek is a 300-foot setback. That's where it flattens out. And then the rest of the field, it's, it's a big slope usually. So, so your flat part is a restriction yes. because of the creek. And, and then, then your, the rest is the rest over of the field is a your, B slope. So yeah. um, basically, this kind of comes down to I've got no other good options. And there's a couple things you can do, you know, reducing rates again, um, only covering parts of the field, that kind of idea, um, just to give that an option for that farm that maybe doesn't have any acres that fit. Good. Moving on, um, the easy one here is no commercial fertilizer. I don't think many people put fertilizer on in the winter anyway, but it's in, written in the standard to probably catch it just in case um, that happens. So we don't have to spend a lot of time there. Um, and then we, the next one moving on is not to surface apply in February, March, basically on Solari in Dolomite you know, bedrock soils. It, I think that's where this is different from DNR where their February, March is a pretty hard cap where this one is certain soil types. You can't do February, March. And depending on the County you live in too, that can be different. Um, Brown County, I believe has a February and March prohibition in Dane County. Yeah. Dane, I believe does too. Yeah. yeah. So it just that too, you'll have to look at your local standards as well. Yeah. Certain counties do have more strict standards. Setbacks too do change sometimes. Um, we talked about that earlier by county winter, not so much, but just in general um, manure hauling setbacks. So it's always good to check with your county rep to see what the local ordinances are. And the last one, uh, do not apply within 300 foot of a direct conduit to groundwater. So the last things we've talked about were all surface water. We don't want it to melt and run off into surface water. This one is actually talking about groundwater. So if you got a I don't know, tile inlet or a well or, you know, something that, you know, a crack in the soil, a fissure that could go to groundwater. You know, now we're talking about groundwater. So those are kind of the things that if you're regulated by the 590 standard and you have to spread manure in the winter, those are the things we should be thinking about when we fill that spreader up and where we drive in that field to make that application and how thick, thick we're making it. So, um, so yeah, that's that's your your five ninety, so your regular nutrient management standards there. And now I guess we'll kinda quickly cover the changes for two forty three. Yeah, so really the biggest thing there when we get to that thousand animal units and DNR regulates you, it's it's they don't want you to spread it all if possible. And if, if we do, we have to determine is the is it frozen, is it snow covered, how much snow and then we have to have these fields approved ahead of time. We can't just go. DNR has to give their blessing and these fields are acceptable. And then we have to call them when we do, right? We have yeah, to let no them know we're doing it. Yes, exactly. So um, if there's less than one inch of snow, we can surface apply um, or we can try to inject, you know, immediately. So that if there's no snow, it's not frozen, no big deal. Um, once we get into the, if you can incorporate yeah, normally, then you're fine. Then you're okay. Yeah. Um, once we get into the like one to four inches, then 
we can surface apply is is prohibited because they want to get it injected. So if we can do that and we can incorporate, even if there's one to four inches, immediate incorporation or injected is allowed. So we can, if we can get it through that snow, we're good. Now, if we get above four inches, that changes to only injecting. So they don't want that above four inches of snow. We talked about the volume before above water. If we put that manure on and there's greater than four inches of snow, then we got to make sure we get injected. If we can't inject it, then we shouldn't be doing it there. So, um, and then we talked about that high risk period, February 1st through March 31st. So that would, that's where our 180 days of storage comes in. We got to get to April 1st. That's what I, what I stress to my farms is let's get to that April 1st. And of course, just because the calendar says April 1st doesn't mean the ground is fit to be able to spread too. Right. So a lot of years it is, but sometimes it isn't. So, yeah. And the, there that kind of gets us to the breakaway between the two is you're required to have that storage as a KFO under indoor NR 243. Um, and I would say for the most part, you know, have guys don't have just the 180 days. Some have 190, um, you know, that's 180 is the minimum. So when you're, if you're planning on going KFO, you might want to consider adding that extra little bit more, especially if you're getting cost sharing, um, to, you know, maybe spend a little more of your money to make it a little bit bigger to give you that, that leeway to hold out a little bit longer. And if all else fails and we have to spread, we get approval, we have the maps, DNR says we can do it, we call them, we tell them we're going to do it, then we look to the infamous Table 5. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Table 5. Table 5 basically says what we just talked about in the 590 standard about if we have slopes of zero to two, we do certain things. If we have slopes of two to four, we do certain things. And if it's above six, it pretty much says no your SOL. No hall. Yep. Yep. So zero to two, they, we want to kind of have a chisel plow done already. We can have a, depending on soil type, we can raise our rates a little bit to 7,000 gallons. We still got to stay out of the swickmas, which we do anyway. Um, and then we have those setbacks from navigable streams, channelized flow, uh, groundwater, those things that we just talked about. Basically, what kind of happens is the more slope you get, the less of the rate they allow. So that's what the infamous Table 5 kind of does for us. So, All right. Well, thanks, Bill. You. That do it for our winter spreading. So if you're in a 590, check with your local county or agronomist to make sure you're you know what the rules are and have the appropriate restriction maps if you're in a CAFO situation or a permitted farm following 243 you probably already are aware of the rules but always make sure to have some fields in your plan for winter's hauling in in that extreme case where you may need to um, you know do an emergency haul based on you know look at a couple of years ago couple of the wettest years on record, manure hauling wasn't going so well. So now we'll move into our spotlight for today. So today we're going to look at SmartStacks Pro rootworm technology getting closer to the market. So BASF has a wireworm control mode of action that they are moving to 
market. EPA has granted registration to the new active ingredient of, and I'm probably going to really blow this, but brophalanilide, which is a new class of insecticide, a group 30 metadiamide and isooxazoline. Ooh. It sounds like what you, yeah, to your to your best buddy, bro. Flanolide, <laughs> yeah. I have never said that to my best buddy. <laughs> when you, when you're drinking and slurring your words, man. <laughs> bro, flanolide, how are you doing, bro? <laughs> oh yeah, my best friend, uh, flanolide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At least the the trade name is going to be easy. Terexa. Terexa. Is that easy? I don't know. Sure. It's better than Terexa. Terexa. Better than bro, Right now, it's only labeled in small grains. We don't have a lot of small grains in our neighborhood, but I think yeah, we do some, have some wheat. Some point, you know, white worm's kind of a tough one to get. So, hoping that this will get registered on corn. Yeah, it's the first U.S. Um, approved for specifically killing white worm, and that actually does kill white worm. Are white worms that big of a pest on small grains? I- don't Do we just know. we just must not get them yeah. as much or see them as much right. because we don't that. have a heavy small grain rotation. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure guys in Montana or uh, yes. Oregon right. probably are like, thank God, bro, final line. <laughs> They're pumped. Can we well. please move off before Todd does <laughs> that again? I like on the bottom how it says previous insecticides just make the the um, the wireworms like party goers, like like just they get drunk basically. <laughs> For now, it's like. This thing's going to kill them. We're good. <laughs> All right. Here's your CCA quiz for today. What, oh, what does the wireworm turn into? Oh, we this talking was, about this. This was yeah. on my CCA yeah. exam when I took it. You can't your, tell people Max. questions from your exam. <laughs> Hell yeah, I can. <laughs> this was not on my exam, so I, don't, I do not know. Yeah. Any, any guesses? I just double-checked to make sure I remembered right. I just looked at your screen, so I can't <laughs> say. I, I for sure on top. It's got to be some oh, kind I, of moth or something, right? Oh, beetle. Beetle. Be a beetle. It's a beetle. You are correct. It is a beetle. Beetle juice. Is it a pest as well? Like that we have to. No. No. Okay. I'm gonna look it up uh, and just let a Todd June struggle. Bug. What is a June the beetle? click beetle? Click beetle. Yeah, click beetle. White grubs are June bugs, right? I believe so. Yeah. They should call this insecticide clickbait. There That'd you be go. Better. <laughs> yeah. That would that would have a very meta meaning. <laughs> Alrighty then. To go All with right. the metadiamide. All right, let's move into our Egg History Minute for today. So, within the last hundred years, we've actually had seven presidents who have been involved with farming or ranching. Now, everybody knows the most famous one, Jimmy Carter, was a peanut farmer from Georgia. But can you name any of the other ones, guys? Well, I mean, I feel like any president before, like, 1920 probably <laughs> they would classify as a farmer. So this is 100 years? I I, I made a mistake. It's actually within the last 100, 160. Because the, there is one that was earlier than the rest. But most of these guys were within the last The Bushes years. had a cattle ranch, right, in Texas? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so George W. Bush has Something a ranch. tells me Lyndon Johnson did. Yep, he just Lyndon, seems like a... He was a Texas rancher yep. also, yep. So we had Jimmy Carter, George W. Bush, Lyndon B. Johnson. Anybody? How far back we going? Like these are all 
Like what, Abraham Since the Lincoln? Civil War. Or? Yeah, so okay. Abe Lincoln was one. Yeah, yeah. okay. Since what the did, Civil what War did, is what did he farm? Abe Lincoln was in Kentucky, uh, and he... Let's see, I'm just trying to find the... He had a farm in Indy, yeah. No, um... Yeah, well, his Illinois. family moved around as farmers, so they were... Yeah. Um, eventually ended up in Indiana, but he was born in Kentucky on a farm there, and then they ended up yeah, in Indiana with a 160-acre farm, which actually, for that time, would be pretty Huge, big. Huge, yeah. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy, yeah, that makes he, sense. You think of him more as like the hunter kind of guy. Than he's a big guy. conservationist. He was, yeah, very big outdoors. He definitely would have read Sand County Almanac. Um, <laughs> and he was, again, more on the ranching side of things. He took, I, I don't know if you read this little bit here, but he really took it in the shorts. He lost uh, $80,000 one winter because it got so cold, it killed almost his whole herd. Whoa. Yeah. So 1.7 he, so, mil today. So now you know he's a serious farmer because he got screwed one <laughs> <Yeah>. winter. <laughs> Not like the rest of these guys. Uh, Harry Truman. So uh, he was president after the other Roosevelt. Franklin I remember Dillon. Truman beat out. Uh, remember our, our vice president that was the start of Pioneer Hybrids guy? Yeah, yep. I remember he kind of like stole it from. Who was that guy though? I can't even think of his name. He was an old Hague History Minute guy that we talked about he, a bunch. The, the guy that started Pioneer. Yeah, yeah, so he was a farmer, uh, and then Harry Truman DuPont, like, came right? in, stuck, snuck in. and yeah. yeah. But yeah, no. Truman worked on a farm for 11 years, taking on full responsibility after his dad died in 1914, and then obviously later went into politics because he was president, vice president in the 1940s and became president after Franklin Delano Roosevelt passed away. And then, so far, there's one actually fairly modern president still alive today that we, we haven't hit on. And it's got to be Slick Willie. It is Slick Willie. <laughs> so, Clinton... Would uh, not have picked him as a farmer. Grew up uh, around farming in Arkansas. Uh, he, his great-uncle Buddy had a farm there, and he picked beans, corn, tomatoes... And watermelon, as well as feeding animals Pig on suey. the farm. So yeah, he worked on his uncle's farm and had some experience there. So there you go. I like Lyndon B. Johnson was a Hereford cattle guy. There you a go. man after my own heart. <laughs> so those are some presidents since the Civil War that have been Good timing. farmers. Good timing this week since we had Inauguration Day on. Yep. Just two days ago. Yep. Confirmed new president was not a farmer growing up. No. No, that's too many. Did not make the list. Didn't grow up on a farm in Delaware. So. <laughs> All right. If you like what you're hearing, please go to naicc.org. There you can find an independent crop consultant in your area. Please tell a friend about our podcast. Tell a farmer friend. All we ask, we don't charge for this. We don't have any commercials or any of that fun stuff yet. So you don't have to listen to any of that. Just please tell a farmer friend. Um, go tell him to search Tilt Talk Radio on his podcast player, and he's probably going to be like, what is a podcast? Like, how do I, do I just play this on my phone? What do I do? And you just say, yes. It's just like radio on your phone. So, Matt, where can they find us? You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilt Talk Radio, and you can find our podcast on Apple Podcast app or on Android. Todd and I like to use the podcast addict 
as in ever, like addicted to podcasts, not as in uh, we live in your attic and do a podcast. I just have a, but we could do that. We could do if that. you want. I just have a real phone, so I get the podcast app already included with my phone. <laughs> Did you see well, an you Apple have, podcast? You have a rotary phone? <laughs> yes. Does that have podcasts? Apple podcasts are up to 4.6 stars. Nice. Ooh, sweet. Yeah, someone gave us a one star. Someone gave there. us a one. Very yeah. sad. I feel like that's got to be a bot, right? I don't know. Rush, turn Russian bots. <laughs> Russian, Russian hacking to Tilt Talk Radio podcast. <laughs> you think the Russian hackers have better things to do than nope. worried about TTR? Nope. You would think, but nope. Nope. Okay. All right. Now we'll do our cool beans. That's corny for the week. So cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. So our cool beans this week. JBS USA and Pilgrim's Pride are offering $100 to employees who get the COVID-19 vaccine. So pay for play for vaccine in the meatpacking industry. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, they kind of started out the yeah. well, they, they Ooh, took it, show. They took right? it in the shorts Ooh. for a while there. So. Back a year ago. Yeah. Not quite a year ago. So a little proactivity there versus... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that yet. About paying people. To well, take they're not it. telling like, you you can't come to work without. Right. If they were saying that's you can't right. come to work without it. They're not requiring it. They're just saying if you are going to get it, here's like here's a here's, uh, about, here's yeah. an incentive to go to get, get it. it. No, yeah. that that I'm just worried we're gonna go down like we're we're gonna be forced to show yeah. a thing that you got. Whatever. I just yeah, it's, who knows. I've I mean, done a lot less for hundred bucks, or a lot more for hundred bucks. <laughs> a lot less for hundred bucks. Look at like a lot more fast food places and other places with job openings they're offering oh, yeah. a huge signing, like bonuses. A signing bonus so yeah. yeah it's just another kind of extension of that so so that's our cool beans and our that's corny for this week is uh hopefully you booked your fertilizer because it is trending up prices are rising in the first month of the new year here so map or monomonium phosphate was up six percent from last month to average price of five fifty one a ton, that's twenty nine dollars more per ton than it was a month ago. And anhydrous is also going up, but hopefully you're not using anhydrous because <laughs> that stuff is going to kill you or <laughs> everything in your soil. <laughs> we talked about the soil, the the lack of soil benefit over yeah. the years on that. My my favorite anhydrous story is uh, a friend of my dad's who served in Vietnam. Like that's what they used to build roads. They would go in and like use anhydrous to kill everything mm-hmm. and then flatten out and make roads. So we yeah. don't use, we don't use anhydrous around here like I don't think they even no, have no, tanks no, anymore. It's, it's going away, but there's still a lot. Yeah, I saw dudes. tanks when oh, we drove yeah. to Indianapolis last year. Oh, yeah. Nebraska, the I states, yeah, a lot yeah. of those areas they still use and fall anhydrous too. So it's Oof. it's not even You ever see a anhydrous uh, hose blow? You ever see one of those videos? No. And you have to get out of the tractor and like deal with it? That looks horrible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Todd's, one of Todd's farmers told oh, us a story about people. that. Everybody that's ever applied it always has a how yeah. I got gas story, yeah. basically. How I almost died, yeah. You know, and... What the heck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, who remembers when we... Uh, remember our sale on Potash and ILK? Yep. That yep. was back October, October episode 51. So, yeah, now it's back. 15 episodes There's no later. more... Uh, yeah. Sale. No sale. The sale yeah, is sales over. officially over. Three seventy three a ton. Now they went to this article. Like, now they went to like we're gonna mark it up. So it's our fault. Oh yeah, we we incited we, the price. We caused, <laughs> caused a run. We have such a swing in market. Yes, you know. I agree. All right. 
Bill, you've got our ag idiom for this week. Yes. So what are we, what are we up, wrapping up with? Wrap up today, cool as a cucumber. Ooh, that's what uh, Aaron Rodgers. That's exactly Todd. On, you, you, uh, ding, we ding, have ding, the ding. same, right. same case, wavelength. There. In case anybody's new to the podcast and hasn't figured it out, we're Packer fans. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought, you know, after watching the game last week and Rodgers. He sat in that end zone with the whole like world crumbling and just laser. I think it was Lazard, just la- laser right to Lazard. I thought I saw this cool as a cucumber. So and the the video of him from before the play where he's you see him getting down behind under center and he recognizes the, the coverage and starts to smile yeah, and you're just yeah. like, Did, can you imagine being the middle linebacker looking across and seeing Rogers smile and just going, <laughs> yeah, that was one of my my favorite articles after that game was you can't beat the smirk. This yeah. is this is gonna hurt. If, if Aaron Rodgers is smirking at you, you're screwed. you're done. Yep. I figure we started off, you know, with our getting jacked about the game this weekend. We got to end with it too. So cool as a cucumber means staying calm and unruffled. Which number twelve? Our number twelve, not TB twelve. He very unruffled. So it, cool here means rather than a low temperature, they talk about a simile for. Uh, the coldness of the cucumber because it's mainly water, so it stays cooler longer in the field. Bam. That's kind of where it comes from. So cool to the touch is why we have cool as a cucumber. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for today. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So today we talked about winter application of manure and give you kind of a quick rundown of things to think about and rules to follow as you're doing that. Spotlight, we looked at new wireworm herbicide coming out to the market. A herbicide? Yeah, uh, we're going to spray herbicide. Sorry. No. <laughs> Misspoke Todd. I won't, Sorry, say the Todd. Bro th- I won't say the bro thing again. I <laughs> bro flanamide. Come on, dude. All right. Now that's what I'm calling you from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Egg History Minute, we talked about presidential farmers. Cool Beans was JBS offering a $100 bonus for employees who get the COVID-19 vaccine. And our That's Corny is... Book your fertilizer because prices are going up. So stay cool as a cucumber this week and happy farming. Go back. <laughs> <laughs>